This morning we're looking at Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to be uh, reading from verse 12 as Paul writes to the church in Coloss. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Paul writes, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with, which, with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So as we look at this passage, as we're considering these things that we do, these habits that we form, these disciplines that we engage ourselves with, these means of grace, as Wesley calls them, these ways that we kind of plug in to spiritual things in our lives and, and, and check in with God, um, we're looking this morning at this passage from, from Colossians. And we, we worked through Colossians a while back, but, but as we look at this passage, uh, I just want to let you know that it... it the passage before it gives a kind of a, a more of a negative picture and, and points to the Colossians to their old way of looking at things, their old value system, their old morality, if you will. So the morals they had about what's right, what's wrong, what's a good way to do it, what's a bad way to do life, what are choices you should make and choices you shouldn't make. And, and, it, and, and Paul kind of outlines for them, this is the way you used to look at it. These are the past and the way you were before you came to Jesus. And then in our passage this morning, he follows that kind of negative before picture with this glowing after picture. Now that you're a new creation, now that God's moved in to your life, now that he's been doing what he always does and bringing transformation, this is what it's like now. This is how it should be. And so... Uh, as he talks about what it means to be a new creation, we come to our passage and, uh, and the picture he paints, it's like we're no longer dead in sin. That was the past. Now we are dead to sin, right? So that's kind of the sum up is, is he goes, the old way of life had this sinful stuff and sin is just the, a bad way to go about life. The choices that God wouldn't have you make because they're harmful because they damage us. And so he goes, we're, we're dead to that past. We, we were dead in our sins when he found us, but now we're dead to our sins. Like the sin's dead, we've come alive. And so now that we're new creations, we're no longer in that same position. And so there's a list of things in our passage that tells us what the new creation that God's done, this transforming presence of Jesus in our lives, what it does and how it changes us. And so it tells us what the new creation is going to lead us to do. 
And so they're imperatives, they're, they're a to-do list, they're the things that should happen, that naturally follow. And, and so Paul says, since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, since God chose you to be holy, to be different, to be separate, this is what he wants you to do. So clothe yourselves, he says, and make allowance and forgive anyone and clothe yourselves. He says again, let peace rule, live in peace, be thankful, teach and counsel, sing. And then he talks about whatever you do or say. So, so he's talking about these things that you're supposed to be active in doing. They're instructions, right? Clothe yourselves, make allowance, forgive anyone, clothe yourselves, let peace rule. And so they're all things that you do. Well, except for the peace one, there you do something, but it's really the something you do is let God do what he's going to do, right? So that's the peace part. So all these other things, he says, do this stuff and let Peace rule. Don't you love the way he words that? Like peace is this thing that we're always seeking for. I want to be at peace. You know, I want to be in a situation where I don't have to work with turmoil. I don't have like stuff coming at me and and people in situations that cause me stress. And and, and we crave this sense of peace, right? And he goes, you got to let peace. Like you've got to allow peace to do this and you have to let it rule. If peace is in charge, it's going to do some stuff to you. But the rest of them, they're all things that we do. And so they're things we do. Um, and, and, and then he, as he's unfolding it, you know, if we know that there's these things we need to do, you realize he repeated, clothe yourselves. And, and there again, he's choosing his words really carefully. It's not just the things that you clothe yourself, but, but you can picture people listening. And, and for us, you go, it, he's, he's talking about doing these things. He says, clothe yourself with these things. Clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He says, these are things that you do that's like, it's like putting on a new shirt, right? Like you come home from a hard day of work and you're sweaty and you're like, you're going out in the evening and you go, it's time to change this shirt. It's not good. Smells ripe. This shirt's got to go. I need to put on a fresh shirt. And he says, it's, it's like that where you just got to peel off that old and you got to put on the new. And so he says, clothe yourselves, right? Do this thing. And, and it's, it's not easy, but it's simple. He's saying, take off the old and put on tenderhearted mercy and kindness and humility, and gentleness, and patience. He says, this is the things that we clothe ourselves in our relationship with other people, particularly here he's talking to the church, how you act with other people in the church. You put on tender-hearted mercy. You know what mercy is? Grace is, is gift. That's what that word means. And grace means you're getting what you don't deserve. But mercy is when you don't get what you do deserve. Like when you're let off the hook when you're clearly in the wrong, when you got punishment coming and you don't get it. That's what mercy is. And, and Paul says to, to the people in Colossus in the church there, he says, you need to put on tender-hearted mercy. Like not hard-hearted, tender-hearted, soft-hearted. Like you're paying attention, you care. You've got, got a feeling towards other people and put on tender-hearted mercy. Like let them off the hook even when they clearly got something different coming to them by the way that they're acting. Be kind. Kindness, 
you know, some people it seems to come naturally to them. Other people got to maybe work a little bit at it. It obviously is something that doesn't come automatic if he's telling them to do it, right? He's saying, you you may not feel like you want to be kind. You may not see that situation that calls for kindness, but but be tenderhearted, show tenderhearted mercy, clothe yourself with that, clothe yourself with kindness, with humility. Like our natural instinct is to let ourselves off the hook and put everybody else on, right? Like, like we hold people to this high standard. You had no right to do this and you shouldn't have done that and you made a mistake there. But, well, you know, I only, I only did it because and, and, you know, this happened to me when I was... It, we, ha- we make all kinds of excuses for ourselves and, and it's not natural for us to make that same kind of allowance for other people. We usually uh, very unexpected, unconsciously have a higher standard for other people than we do for ourselves. And so he says, look, put on humility. Like be humble with other people. Don't be putting yourself up here and letting yourself off the hook and and thinking you're doing great and, and be hard on other people. Gentleness and patience. Put on gentleness for people who may be a little rougher with you, but you are the ones he's calling to be gentle and to be patient. So none of these things necessarily come naturally, and he doesn't make them conditional on other people treating you that way, but he says, here's what you got to do. Here's what we're doing, church. And so he says, do that. Clothe yourselves. Like, take off the old way of doing it and clothe yourself. Tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then he says that that will lead us to forgive one another. And he reminds us, you guys are forgiven. Like God let you off the hook. He's let you free when you clearly didn't deserve to be let off the hook. So you should have that same kind of attitude with each other. So all these things, the tenderhearted mercy, all those things should lead you to be very forgiving people. And then he repeats, clothe yourself, but this time he's summing up. So he said, he, he said, it leads you to forgive one another. And then he sums up, above all, clothe yourselves with, lo- with love. He says, all these other things, tenderhearted mercy, kindness, like that's how you act towards other people. That's how you treat the other people in the church. That, that's the relationship that you should have. But above all, clothe yourself with, with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. Now, can you think of moments when you've been in with people and you go, we are so in sync, we are so simpatico, this group's together and we love each other and we're having fun and we're loving and laughing. We saw a little picture of it at the auction yesterday. Like we're, we're bidding on stuff and we're bidding against people on stuff, but there was joy in that room. Like even the people... Even Amy Tabbert, who was trying to outbid everybody, and I didn't even know she wanted stuff, right? But you go, there was just joy, right? I'm, I pick on her because I never pick on anybody I don't like. And Amy's great. But, but there was just this back and forth. Everybody was going at it and, and, and bidding on things. And sometimes you bid on something, you went, well, I hope I don't get it now because it's going kind of high, but I'll just go one more time just to see if we can raise more money. 
for all those good works. And so there was this joy in doing something good for others and this joy in being in the same room together and this fellowship that we have and we experience in our connect groups all the time, this joy, this sense of togetherness, even with people that are outside of our immediate circle, the people who are naturally our friends. And so he says, clothe yourselves with, with love. Like, like do that on purpose. Take action to do these other things. Understand you're clothing yourself with, with love and it's gonna bind you together and you're gonna be the kind of people, church, who are together in such perfect harmony that it shows. And so he says, you know, he's, he's told us at the beginning of the passage, you're chosen by God to be holy. And, and now he says, you're bound together by love in perfect harmony. You're, you're, you're pulled together as one unit in perfect harmony. Chosen by God to be holy, bound together by perfect love as one body of believers. And all those things we're doing to forgive and to be kind to each other and to be bound together by love. And then he says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace. Peace sometimes needs permission, right? Like we can say, I don't feel very peaceful right now. Stuff's going wrong. Things are being thrown at me. People have not been nice to me this week. And there's all kinds of stressors in stuff and circumstances and relationships. And I feel pressured and I don't feel peace. And he says, let peace that comes from Christ rule. Peace is coming and it wants to take charge. And you go, no, 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 I got this. I, I've, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And he goes, peace is coming and it's asking to take over and take charge. And sometimes we choose the stress and the anxiety rather than the peace. We say we want peace, but he goes, if for peace to have its effect, for peace to bring real peace, the peace of Christ to move into us, it takes an actual conscious decision to say, I am going to let peace be in charge. It's going to rule me. And I'm not going to try to wield it or do it. I'm going to let it have its way with me. I'm going to let it take over. I'm going to let it take charge. And so he says, as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And he kind of subtly works in there that there's this relationship between being thankful, between gratitude and being thankful and peace. Like sometimes the stuff we get ourselves worked up over is because we're not grateful for what's, what, what God's given us and what do, God's doing in us and, and for the situation we're in or the people that are around us. And God says, look, if Paul says, look, if, if, you can, if you can be thankful, that's gonna contribute to your peace. If you've got gratitude for who God is and what God is doing and the people he's put you in, in the body of Christ with, that'll impact your ability to let peace rule. And he says the peace comes from Christ, but we've got to let it in and we've got to let it rule and we've got to live in peace. We're called to that as members of one body. 
says he doesn't, you know, it's not a million different bodies. It's not your family and your friends and, and these guys and those guys and these guys. And we come and we sit in a few, uh, uh, you know, a couple of seats if we choose to on a Sunday. And then we move our, except he goes, it's one body. And you're in it together and you're in this perfect harmony. You're bound together. That's what it's supposed to be doing. And then you can let peace rule, even when it doesn't come naturally. And that can grow as you're grateful for what God is doing and what he's doing in you and others. And so we're relating to in others in ways that humble us and, and values others. And we normally think of ourselves as the most, you know, making the most sense and doing things the most right. But, but we, he, we value our, our own opinions sometimes too much. And he says, you know, humble yourselves, put yourself in that position, relate to other people, be bound together in love. And in this respect, that, that this dictates that we are told to do. And then because we do those things, because we put effort into those relationships, because we double down in the fellowship of the church and make it deep and rich and peaceful and harmonious, he says that will change things. And he says, change your outward behavior like you change your shirt. And just peel it off and reclothe yourself with the new way and the new creation. And then he continues, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. He's come to the Colossians and he's preached in this town and he's convinced people that Jesus is the Messiah, that he died for their sins, that he rose again, that he will transform their lives and that believing in him will change everything. And they've bought it. They believe it. They've locked into it and, and taken it on. And now he says, let that message about Christ, like I told you stuff about Christ, you know about Jesus, you know from these writings, you know from the way I preached, you know from the teaching. And, and we talked about last week how he's taught Timothy and he goes, you got the scriptures and you, and you got your, your grandma and your mom's and, and you got the things I've taught you and you've seen me live out. And he goes, all of these things have contributed to what you know about this message about Christ. And now he says to the Colossians, let that message in all its richness fill you. Let it move into your life so much that it overtakes everything else, every other inclination, every other thought, every other feeling. Let it fill you up so that every empty spot is filled with Jesus. And he says, then teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Like, like talk about it and learn about it and think about it together. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. The message about Christ fill your hearts. How? He says, by teaching and counseling each other with all the wisdom he gives and, and singing songs. I feel like, like that's a good idea. Maybe we should do that together. We should get together and, and, and teach about the scriptures, right? And let it take over our lives. We should get together and do that. And then we'll, maybe we could sing too and sing some hymns and songs and spiritual songs. Like we could sing and, and teach about scripture. We should do that. I feel like we should do that at least once a week maybe. You guys in? You want to do that? Okay, starting next Sunday. 
Paul's saying this is the way that you get these things, that you work these things into your life. And as you let them work into your life, it's not just things that you're going to believe about Jesus or even believe about the world. It's going to change the way you live. And so these things that he's telling us to do, it's not things that we work up, but it's things that we decide that we're going to lock into and we're going to cooperate with the transforming presence of Jesus, the message about Jesus that has moved into our lives and is starting to change us into different people and into a new creation. And he says, as you let that kind of take over, that's how you're going to achieve peace. And that's how you're going to be bound together in harmony. You'll be all on the same page because you're all on the same page with Jesus. And that's not an individual sport. That's not a solo sport. That's a team sport. And he goes, that's what you do as a church. And so it's expressed in the singing and the joy and the presence of God when we worship together and, it, and when we teach each other and learn from each other what it means to follow him. And so he said, you're chosen by God and you're bound together in love and, and, and you have lives that are filled with the message about Christ. And so that's the picture together of all those things he's been spelling out. You're chosen by God. You're bound together in one body in love. And, and your lives are filled with the message about Christ. And then in conclusion, he says, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. That is the most scary and exciting ending to what he's been saying. Because what he's saying there is like we do this thing and we treat each other this way and we relate to each other in this way. And we make allowances for each other and we love each other and we're bound together in harmony. And then he says, and whatever you do or say, like, like while that's all going on, while you're living that out, whatever you do or say, anything that you do or you say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. He's saying people are watching and they're watching you to see what you actually really believe about Jesus. You represent him. They're looking at you to see Jesus. And so that people outside of the church, people who don't know Jesus, they're looking at you to decide whether Jesus is believable or Jesus is not believable. And the way that we act, the way that we treat each other, the way that we're bound together in that harmonious love, the way that we, we respond to each other with grace and love and mercy and kindness and forgiveness, the way that we do that is the best way to represent Jesus to the world. And if we do it right, they will get to see him. And if we don't, they might miss it. So Paul says, everything that you're doing and saying, understand that there's an audience watching you. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him. Giving thanks to him because we have so much to be thankful to him for. And he goes, if you're thankful, then this is what you should do. And you should do it knowing people are watching and you could have a witness to them by the way you live. And that the best witness that you can have is that you're bound together in love and that you're so harmonious that people go, how do they get along? Those people are different from each other. That one's young and got tattoos and that one's old and a little uptight, but they're all, they're sitting next to each other in church and they're singing together and they love each other. You never see those kind of people and those kind of people together normally. What is with that? 
How are they so harmonious? How are they so together and so loving and kind to each other? And that's what made the early church so attractive to people who didn't know about Jesus. They went, I don't know. I've heard some things about Jesus, but I'll tell you one thing. Those guys know how to love each other. And they must believe in something worth believing in if it makes that kind of a difference in how they relate to one another. Our relationship with each other helps others to have a relationship with Jesus. And that's scary, but it's also exciting because there's an opportunity there for us to be active in helping people to find Jesus. And there's no one on the planet that doesn't need him. And there's no one that he doesn't want to reach with his love. There's no one that he's written off and he said, well, go your own way then. He gives them freedom to choose, but he calls us to do everything in our power to be the kind of witness where we can draw them towards him and make him credible because they see the reality of what he's doing in us and among us. And so Paul says, if you, if you understand that you're part of the people of God, if you find your people and you're close to them and your, your relationships are changed and, and you're living in that kind of harmony, that will have an incredible impact outside, understand that that reflects on Jesus. And so it's an awesome responsibility, but an incredible opportunity. And you're part of it. And all you got to do is look at the people you find it the hardest to spend time in the room with and go, that person I need to be kind to, too. That person I need to be forgiving to, too. That kind of person I need to show tender-hearted mercy towards. And if I do it, if I let love rule, then the peace of Christ will move in and I will finally feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be and feel that sense of rightness about my life and that peace that only comes from Jesus. Because I'll be in this spot where I'm doing what he called me to do and part of what he called me to do is what got Chris emotional, is he looks at the people of Ghana, he goes, Jesus cares about them, and that means I gotta love them, right? They matter to him, they should matter to me. And that's how love starts to leak out from this to the whole world around us. And so our goal is to not stop till everybody on the planet knows. Like nothing short of world domination, right? Jesus needs to be in charge of planet Earth. What a place to live this would be if he was. And so he calls us to do what we can to live together and to allow that to be a beacon shining to those who don't know him.